to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rotten about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact. They were all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it, welcome to it, welcome to it, and also additionally, welcome to it. Uh, tonight's special episode, <clears throat> Alvin Kai of the incredible Hammered Holes. Very excited to talk to this man. I really like this record. Uh, one of the nicest surprises all year, I would go ahead and say. And uh, looking forward to that chat. Should be a good one. A lot to speak about. And I'm glad for everybody to hear it and for tuning in. So before we get into that, of course, welcome to Kona Neutron's Proton Reversal. I am your host, Kona Neutron. I am a rock and roll lifer who has toured and recorded for over 23 years, most known for the band Kona Neutron and the Secret Friends. Music is a huge part of my life, and I use the format of this very long-running podcast to talk about music with musicians whose work I enjoy and respect. Folks, there may or may not be household names, but do something very special. This is episode 316. If this is your first time listening to the show, all the archives are at protonconversal.com and are always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. And if you'd like to support the show and get episodes sooner, you can give $1 a month to patreon.com slash Conversal. And thanks to everyone as well. If you like the show, even just a single episode, please feel free to share it along, like, subscribe, or post a review. All that helps people find the show, and it's just a darn nice thing to do. So there you go. Uh, that's the spiel, as uh, <laughs> Brother Watt would say. And uh, we're going to get right down to it with um, the man, be- man behind the holes, the, the hammered holes, one of them. Anyway, this is uh, Mr. Alec McKay. Alec, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Very good. Uh, it's good. it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, this is a great record. Now, now this is the second Hammered Holes release, right? Because you had that little three-songer, I think, earlier on. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you guys been a band, though? Because it, it seems like that was a few years back. So it, Yeah. Uh, I think going on f- five years, at least four years now. 2018, I think, was uh, when we started playing together. Um, and then, of course, we had there, there was a little pause there for everyone. <laughs> and yeah. that that set us back yeah. or something or just a little arrested moment. N- not just um, for your outfit. Yeah, yeah everybody kind of got a, mm-hmm. 
a taste of that. Right. Forced reflection, I think, might be the correct term, perhaps. For, for some people, yeah. Some of them just didn't reflect and just waited. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, that that is a thing. Uh, but it, it has been a bit of a break for you between, uh, you know, how you characterize them between bands and projects and stuff. I certainly have my own take on it. But uh, for a lot of folks that maybe are not as with it as others, it kind of seems like a band that sort of came out of nowhere, even though nothing about it came out of nowhere. Uh, Has it been a through line for you where you've been playing the entire time and just not sharing it? No, no, no. There was a a, um, 20-something year lapse there or whatever uh, where I was – the last band I did with any – yeah, the last band I did was was, uh, The Warmers, and that was in the 90s. Yeah. uh, late 90s was, I think, 97 was when we stopped playing. Um, and then nothing in between. Now, were you just not feeling like you wanted to play? Or was it something where... Uh... I think I couldn't figure out how to... Um, you know, I, I... A few things happened. I, I got married and bought a house and got a job that paid for the house. And it sort of changed the my uh, schedule. I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out. I'm so um, I had a thing about being in a band that I it was sort of an all or nothing uh, approach to it, and I really didn't want. I, I like to, you know, if I could, I'd go on tour for months at a time, right. <laughs> and that kind of thing. And uh, and I so I just didn't want to do a um, a part time band. Of what it was what it felt like I would be doing. I, I just couldn't couldn't shift my uh, the way I. It was really just an old um principle i had about being in a band it was like just all the way or not at all uh so i just d- decided to switch to a different kind of a creative uh project and i started writing and i uh, actually went to, to college which i'd never done before <clears throat> i did a four-year program at georgetown university and while i was working full-time and uh started writing a lot of uh just just Try to switch to that as a uh, as a singular instead of it was the first time I was doing something non-collaborative where I was trying to um, make things um, have a creative output and uh, and I didn't get, wasn't as productive as I hoped with that and then uh, and I, but I've kept working and we had two kids and I've just been doing a lot of uh, other things and then this this band sort of it snuck up on me I'd done these. Um, you know, I had played with like when Ted Leo would come to town, I would jump up and do a song or something sure, like sure. that. Sure, sure, yeah, I guess shots yeah. and yeah, yeah, well, I get it. Right, but never anything. Uh, I didn't spin any, you know, I didn't make any records or do anything like that. And uh, and then if you want to hear the story, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a long form show, my friend. Please, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's, it's a, not a very long story though. Um, but uh, um, each of the people that are in Hammered Halls are people that I have known. And admired uh, uh, for a long time uh, in their other kind of musical pursuits. And um, I guess uh, Mark and Chris had been talking about trying to do a, a band. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, this is you know previously, and then and Mark and Mary had already been had a kind of a project forming, and uh, and I think it was Chris that said he had we had spoken at some point, and he asked me like, oh, why you know would you ever consider doing another band as if I think he thought that I had just like hung up, just hung up, the, hung up the mic a little bit. <laughs> I will tell you that I've never done that. I've never, yeah. um, I don't close books and I don't 
closed chapters and everything is, you know, still there for me. I just didn't know how to approach it. And so I was, you know, looked at him like, oh, no, I for sure I would if I could figure out a way to do it. So he knew that I was open to it. And I think that was sort of how we uh, kind of put it all together. And um, and then tunes wise, Mark had a lot of the he had these uh, a lot of songs already sort of half formed. And so we just got together and started making just, these songs just going for it. Sure. Yeah. And it goes quick when people, I mean, it really, it, it, we gelled quickly and everything went uh, very quickly after that. Um, so, so it wasn't like, a, it wasn't hard. Uh, I mean, I was surprised at the, the kind of, you know, that the speed that they wanted to play <laughs> when, when the, you know, we started playing the songs and <laughs> I was like, really, that's what you want to do. Not everybody wants to do that anymore. You know, like I can do it, you know, let's do it. Well, so that's okay. So there's a few things I want to go to with that, but just as mm -hmm. an observation, that is one thing that I think is kind of interesting about the record is that there aren't a lot of, um, of bands that are doing that, that are like seasoned vets, like right. that, that are like, sure, of course there's, you know, every town has like a hardcore band. That's like, you know, right. Plays like, you know, they're, they're running late for lunch or whatever, but <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it's actually deeply compelling because since it's all folks that have been around the block, you know, it, it's musically interesting. It's, it, it's adventurous in a way that maybe uh, other bands might not be for, for the listener, at least to my taste. And so by the same token, you know, you mentioning that like not being retired at all, but it is harder in general to find people to play with when you age. Like it's different when you're a kid and you're active in the scene, you're going out to shows all the time and you're seeing people. It's, it's as natural. It's water. Right. Mm -hmm. But I know that a lot of people, and I'm bringing this up for people that are listeners to the show who have brought it up to me of just like not being able to find like-minded people. But by the, by, so, so with that, I mean, this is, this is a cracking group. I mean, this is, this is, everybody is in their way, firmly committed to art, but sustainably so, and, and doing their best work and, and still like kind of pushing themselves, which is, that's a unicorn for a lot of people. It's, it's pretty unusual to, for, I mean, honestly, to, also to, to, we are reaching just a little past our comfort as far as uh, you know how to how to get there and how to play. I mean, it's you know yeah. it's, it's not just the speed. It's um, it's hard to describe, but it's it's we're just we're getting it out there before it's fully polished or something, uh, which I appreciate. It just feels better to me. That's a that's uh, an area that I prefer to be in, um, and and it's unusual that. Yeah, these these are folks that, but I will say that Mark, that is, he does that with almost everything he does. He's Mark's a powerhouse, always, man. That guy is a. <laughs> yeah, and he plays, as you know, every kind of music. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a uh, you know amazing uh, jazz player and everything else. But he really does. Um, it's just, I'm not gonna say improvise, because, but it's like, it's um, spontaneous. You know, it's not like it's. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't do improvise. Of course, he does. You know, like he's he does like a. Uh, uh, free jazz kinds of things, but it's also, uh, he's just willing to step it out into a place that is really, uh, it's kind of dangerous you know, musically. Um, and, and that's exciting and cool. And I think that, uh, yeah. that's what every, you know, that's how we're just approaching it. I don't know how to, but, um, 
So it's, it's, an, exciting, as, it's an exciting record. And I think one of the reasons you're saying why is because everyone's not just being safely in their comfort zone. They're right. they're they're kind of all right. Let's try this. Let's see if this let's see if this flies. Let's see if this takes. Yeah, right? yeah. I think we just kind of you know as, as much as we could. I will tell you that play, making that record was, uh, you know, the first the the track the instruments got tracked, you know, March uh, whatever fourteenth of 2019 or something right yeah yeah and then the then the uh vocals didn't get on there till almost two years later and we really i mean it was uh, uh that was kind of crazy um and we really were also under a different kind of a gun where the studio that we were working in was yeah right, was a, it was gonna close and or you know they were the the building was being sold out from from under him and so we really you know my brother was like are we going to finish this or what? Because we have to do this, you know, now, and everything was—it was just not convenient. So I was coming in, you know, at, at eight o'clock at night after working for ten or twelve, you know, ten hours a day or whatever, and, and then zooming out and trying to get some vocals down, and we—and really was—it was hard. Um, but we were really desperate to do it, and and I guess all of that, where I thought it was going to be a, a disaster and not work. Maybe all that telegraphed, you know. Maybe the the idea of like we just have to make this work in the way that it can, um, and it kept it, it in a, in its own way, even though it was it could have had the opposite uh, uh, product. It ended up being fresh again because it really was just jumping in and making it happen in the moment instead of being comfortable about it. It has a very well. It's it's simultaneously sounds very assured as a band, but also has an extemporaneous feel to it. If that, if that makes sense, like it doesn't feel like it's super calculated out, uh, in the ways that Rob music of his energy, at least. Right. I, I don't, yeah, I think that that's, uh, accurate. And it's also the way that, I mean, we, the way that we sort of wrote the songs and then also we really, were just trying to write and play and get, get going without, um, you know, we weren't trying to, uh, overwork it. Uh, I mean, Nobody's really ever trying to overwork it, but I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. certainly some people are are uh, they uh, have trepidation, and I would be the only. I had some because I hadn't performed in a long time, and and it is it's all different. Um, but if they uh, you could have you could not ask for a better band to be in to cover sure. up all your, <laughs> you know, like I was just listening to a thing today. This the. Uh, head of facilities at the museum where I work at was asking me, he, he, now he, he knows that I'm in a band right. and he asked me about it and I was like, Oh, well, you know, here's a recording of our first show. Yeah. And I said, but you know, I couldn't remember the words half the time. And so luckily the band just carried everything, you know, it was, um, it's just, they're, they're awesome. They're an amazing band. Yeah. So, okay. So, so a few things, uh, were you, cause, cause you're, you're a lyricist as well. Something, it's it goes without saying that uh, most people that are singers tend to write lyrics as well. That is not always the case, but you write lyrics. Now, were you writing the whole time you weren't playing as well, or did this sort of spark your creativity? I wasn't writing songs. I was writing, um, and I did uh, get. I did take a lot of poet. Well, I took a few poetry courses and ended up getting a, a, a fellowship to a poetry, the Landon uh, Poetry foundation um which was actually very uh, it wasn't so much the writing i did in that but the reading that um and i that really changed me um and i think that's that was 
very, I mean, I'm not a, I don't, you know, education's not for everyone, college isn't for everyone. Uh, there was parts of it that I, it was just as, uh, you know, garbage as, as I might have suspected. But I really did learn a lot and I did begin to think differently and I can, um, and it changed uh, the way I see, the way I perceive a lot of things. And that made it easier. So when I did start writing lyrics to songs, they came out differently and they came out a little bit faster. Um, and that, that part, I really, that, that helped me, <laughs> but I wasn't doing, I wasn't writing. I didn't have songs in my pocket ready to go for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, 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 I wish the, the moon you know, I wish in I, June, you, you know, so <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, uh, and every folks have different ways of working. That's why. I, and I think it's interesting that, you know, I've talked to folks that, you know, have actually retired from playing music. Uh, not just perceived by that by other people and still continue to write the entire time. But I think it's, it's interesting in the distinction too. like a lot of people, especially people that don't play music will be like, Oh, so-and-so's lyrics there. It's like poetry. It's like, well, no, they're lyrics and that's Mm -hmm. a different thing. And that's a different form of art and that should be respected. But I usually just keep that to myself, but I mentioned on this, but they, I think there's something about, uh, poetry especially like free verse and whatnot that that it it it, it scratches a similar itch it exercises a similar muscle group i don't know how you want to characterize it but um there is really nothing like especially in a collaborative environment writing lyrics to songs though there's nothing exactly quite like it and some things that look great on paper you try it out and it's like well that, right that didn't work and then some things that like you're like oh whatever this is f- oh oh whoa this this really works well and you don't mm-hmm. know until you do it uh now did you before recording this record did you have the chance to work on these songs collaboratively a lot beforehand well collaboratively no i mean i wrote the lyrics i mean i, I mean we uh, sorry i mean like in the room like in the did you get oh, yeah. to practice it 100 yeah, yeah, every song was written to the music as it was happening and i will say that that's something that was and I I began to do that in the warmers actually where I yeah. was so stumped and uh, and the, but we would practice so much that really I began to see uh, words in the in the oh, sound cool. of the music and I would see a word or even like a phrase and then just build the and it might be in the middle of the song and I would just build in front and behind it and that was something that I hadn't like. I, you know, early on, uh, and I did not write a lot of, uh, or all the lyrics, I did, did not write a lot of lyrics in, in my earliest bands. Right. And even there, they were really, um, I would say that the, the message was, it's, it's funny, I went through this sort of, like when I was really young, I wanted, I felt very misunderstood. So I, the words were really plain, you know, like I, I don't like this and I hate you and I hate right. whatever, you know, like really yeah. couldn't be more plain you know it's like you know it's sort of like the i like listening to the ramones because they they don't want to walk around with you and they they yeah. just want to sniff some glue you know like that, that was their um, first positive song now i want to sniff some glue <laughs> yes right after that they didn't want to go to the basement they yeah, didn't want to walk this, around with you i don't want to do right. that i want the other thing but i do right. want to sniff the glue yeah yeah but so they kept it plain that was sort of uh my you know the more declarative i guess but and then i still if people still didn't get it right you know i still felt you know more frustrated or something uh, and then I, at some point, was like, "Well, I don't really uh, want to be understood. Now I don't want anybody to know me. Like, you know, 
want to be as oblique as possible. Now I'm somewhere, you know, that was a, a reactive thing I had, but now I, I would say yeah. that I'm much more uh, somewhere in the middle. I, I would like people to understand a little bit, mostly what I appreciate is when people are getting it wrong, it actually became interesting to me. Uh, then we were having a, I was having a conversation with people that were, you know, that um, it was, it was an open dialogue. Like they would misunderstand the lyrics and that's the best part about right. it. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't know it was at first, but then you know, I had a few people ask me really interesting questions, like interesting mistakes about some of the songs. And I was like, that's phenomenal. That's actually, I'm not even mad about it. This is great. Yeah. And so now I would like to, um, be a little more uh, write lyrics that are um, uh, more open, so that people feel invited into they they complete it. And it's that's not a new concept. I think it's um, I think some people are afraid of it. Uh, uh, as writers, they're afraid to to give up that last piece of um, control. Yeah. And I actually want that to happen. And so it's like an invitation to the listener, or the consumer. It's just the same way they have with visual art, you know, like you're painting and doing all this stuff, but it's not done until it goes into this person's eye and into right. their mind and they imagine the thing that you've made. And that's the final, that's this what, is when the thing is complete. That's when it belongs and, to everybody and everybody right. is allowed to take part in it. And it's, I think that's why we play through loudspeakers, you know, I think it's so we all are part, you know, I, we want people to hear this. Right. And we want them to participate, and we're giving it. So, um, I think that's really, I you know, and it, I feel better about it. Um, I, you know, some of the writing there is what they call it, like page to stage writing for for poetry. It's, where it's like farm to table, but it's page. To stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's or pa- you know, there's there's writing that looks good on paper. Yeah. And a lot of it is you know when these words that have different kinds of punctuation or something like it. Yeah. And it's really really subtle. And it might not uh, translate if you if you hear it, um, and that's you know it's, some of the words that I use are like that where they have three or four or five meanings, <laughs> depending on the inflection or something like that, <clears throat> and it may not be detectable all the time. But I I can't you know I can't make it happen. I just do it, and maybe somebody will get it someday, and maybe they won't. Well, in in inviting people in to participate in that way can can work very well also i mean you never know what people are going to come up to i mean the, the example i always use is my dad he lost a lot of hearing uh in the 80s he worked on a jackhammer and he just mishears things all the time but he usually mishears them as funnier than they actually are mm-hmm. in a way it's like no i i didn't say that but that is hilarious and, it, and it's, I, I it's deeply better than what that. i said yeah it's actually that's way better what i was saying was not really that important that was very funny mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, sometimes it could be like a writing prompt or something. It's like, it's like, Absolutely. it's like, Oh, that's a very poignant thing that I didn't think about. And I am excited to get into the songs with you on, on the new record. But, uh, before, before we get into that, uh, how long between live performance being a, so a live performer, how long was it? Like, again, not counting like hopping on stage and, and like for a song or something. Um, I don't know. I mean, 1996, 97 was the last time yeah. I think that I re- was in a band that performed with any, you know, regularity. So till till 20, 2019, 2018, I think was when we played our first show at Black Cat Hammered Halls. 
Like, does so, it snap right back? Like, is it just like muscle memory where it just makes sense immediately, or is there an adjustment period for you? I didn't have any. Yeah, it was. I never. I, uh, I mean, for me, I don't know how it is for other people. For me, the, there's like a. Um, I'm trying to think of that. There's a river that, like the River Leith, I think, where you pass over and you, and you go into this place, and then you can't. When you come back, you can't remember. Well, when my foot hits the stage i stop thinking right and so i don't even it doesn't really matter much uh whether i'm ready or not or whatever uh i mean i do feel a little you know afterwards i always feel like it wasn't that good uh you know when we're done playing but it wasn't hard for me to get back on stage no and um i mean i'm trying hard to get a little more so that i'm somewhere available to what's going on but uh it's just, I mean, it's not as bad as when I was in like faith or ignition. I just wasn't, I was like, I was on another planet just half like, the time. Just in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I really, it's, I, I enjoyed it, but it was also like, I couldn't talk to people. Yeah. You know, I couldn't even talk to people for an hour after. Cause you're so amped playing. up. You're so amped up that there's just like, you're not. You're yeah. not a person that can talk at that point. <laughs> yeah, I think I really just didn't know how to uh, be both things, and yeah. I, and it didn't seem like I just was more interested in being the other thing than than chatting or whatever. Um, but so that's different, you know. I can I can yeah. come back <laughs> and be I don't know. Um, but all that to say that it wasn't hard, no. Uh, and also, I don't I I can do okay. Uh, I guess my body feels different now than it used to. Um, so I don't, and my voice doesn't, you know, I got to be careful for doing a lot of shows in a row. I can't, you know, it, yeah. it, it gets blasted, but, um, yeah, it, it uh, can, it can wear on you after, uh, after a bit for sure. Especially with, well, cause you're, you know, I'm sure if you're sitting there and crooning it, that, that is not the case, but when you're putting on an intense live show, it's, yeah. And I also have never had any kind of vocal training. I, I mean, I probably should do that now. I probably it's probably something I could be doing, but I've never had any. I mean, I I just uh, <laughs> I'm not going to start now. I I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I mean, so do you feel like you just did what came naturally with it? I mean, especially when you like, how about coming in something like, like the warmers, right? Where, where there's, there's, there's something that kind of like the already a existing foundation and, and things like that. Like, do you, do you look at that? Like, okay, I'm trying to build this house with these people. And this is, <laughs> these are the tools that I brought to the work site or uh, like, like how, how are you, how are you looking at it creatively? What do you mean with, with the warmers in particular? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the warmers yeah. because we're going to have okay. lots of hammered holes. But like, I think that's an interesting uh, band in your in your cat. I mean, for me, it's all that band is all yeah. about Amy's drumming to me. Like, yeah, it's, it's exactly. Like it's Amy's you are one hundred percent right, and that's exactly <laughs> the. Uh, it was a similar idea where I'd seen her playing drums. You know, she she moved to DC and was playing with um, this guy Charlie Motes, and Motes definitely was the band. <laughs> it's and, called Motes uh, definitely. Most definitely, yep. And <laughs> and her drumming okay. yeah. just spectacular, you know. Yeah. I loved it. And uh and then she started playing with Juan Carrera. Um and and then we I guess it's sort of a similar thing. I think that they, you know, invited me to be in the band or somehow I was 
you know, in the, in the band to sing, and we were trying to figure out who could play guitar. And all I kept thinking about was all these guitar players that were going to step all over the yeah what they had going. And I just was like, is there any way we can not do that? <laughs> you know, like, this is, I don't know. I just didn't want to interfere. So that's when I was like, well, maybe I could play guitar, which I could not. I did not know how to play guitar. <laughs> I, but I but you're not gonna didn't. you're not definitely not gonna overplay when you're not like, exactly. Your, your was, I had control over that machine. Yeah, yeah. And the idea was that we you know I just put it in little places and the rest of it is yeah. they carry it and particularly the beats you know the um and uh, so we did and so Christina Balot from Slant Six really she gave me my foundational guitar playing skills I would say. Uh, and then the rest of it I learned on stage while we were playing. I mean, there was, you know, we would go out on tour and I would start figuring something out while we're, it was, you know, that was embarrassing or it was hard, but, um, and also I couldn't, you know, you have a piece of wood and some stuff hanging around you and you, uh, <laughs> can't, can't run around quite the same way that I used to, but yeah, it limits the movement uh, a little bit. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, uh, it was good. I mean, I enjoyed the, you know, I think the, the effect was good um and i loved playing with them so that but there was a i'll tell you an example i guess was uh i remember playing a show we were in um we were on tour with karate and we were in mm. i think in in uh indiana uh i think it's in bloomington i think is where the ball ball jars are are made the ball jar factory is nearby and um in the middle of the set, I was out of tune, and I was trying to tune it by ear. Back then, we didn't have all the, you know, stuff, the little, uh-huh. you know, tuners and all those things. I, and, uh, and I was trying to tune it by ear, and I just got psyched out, and I couldn't. It was hard for me to hear it. And then Juan came over and was like, you know, helping me tune the guitar, like tuning it, and Ooh. I would hit it, and yeah, right. And that's pretty. And so I heard somebody out in the, you know, crowd or whatever you call it. It wasn't really a huge crowd, but uh, somebody goes like. How many how many warmers does it take to tune a guitar? And then somebody else goes, Juan. <laughs> okay, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was. I had to laugh. I mean, that's rough, and I that's yeah, that's it's brutal. Horrible, but, but I, yeah, but um, in yeah, retrospect, yeah. respect. <laughs> oh, had yeah, had to take that shot. That was yeah, it was a good one. The but, the stomp um, box tuner pedal is a is a great gift to mankind as far as i'm concerned yeah so nobody has to listen to it yeah i mean i was trying to not yeah the worst like really really was trying to not be that person uh but i mean that but that band got you know that band did a lot of stuff i mean you um yeah there's there was tours with like excellent bands and 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 again i don't think that band works in the same way with uh with a different guitar player like i think like what you did is in the, that band was yeah judicious i think they used the word minimal right minimalism mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. it absolutely would not that's a band that like literally would have been ruined if if you had somebody overplaying it could easily have been i think yeah. so but um but yeah, no, I I thought it was really I, I thought it worked out perfectly. I enjoyed it. Do you uh, do you still play guitar like like just for recreationally for at home or at all? Or? No, I have guitars around, but um, more decorative than anything else. Well, my daughters are both started playing, oh, and that's cool. so yeah, glad we we have them. Uh, and uh, one of my daughters actually did. My older daughter st- took drum lessons from Amy and became oh, a really that's awesome. 
pretty great drummer in her own right, but it hasn't been any. She hasn't done anything with it, but uh, she did learn all the techniques, and that was uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. But you do have to practice. I mean, I'll say that Amy to this day practices all the time. She's you know that is incredible. We were tour, we were touring with Blonde Redhead for a while, and uh, and she and uh, Simone would like we'd stop for a rest stop or something, and they'd get out, and and she'd go, oh you know I have I, check out this beat. I got something. I got something for you. And she because she'd been in the back, you know hitting on or whatever yeah 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 just and just do out. this little beat and trade it and he's like oh i like it i like it and then next time we'd stop he'd say i've got something for you and they were like you know literally you know making things up and trading them that's awesome as we're you know on the road uh but she is always striving and that's that's you know whatever you do in life uh practice is the thing that'll take you places Drums are the hardest thing to sort of work on on your own too. Like I think a lot uh-huh. of people, especially non-musicians, don't realize that. So whenever you have, you know, parents that are <laughs> that are more lenient towards, uh, you know, yeah. people, especially kids, but people, you know, getting better. You you don't start off on third base, you know. No, no, it's it's tough in the beginning, yeah. and they are yeah they tend to be loud. I mean, I guess now they have you know you can. Get things that aren't loud. drums and things, things right. along those lines. But yeah, when it comes down to it, I mean, still, like it, it's anybody can just like you know, kind of strum a guitar in a corner or something, and really not be that much of a bother. And you know, drums, it takes up space. It's more expensive. Yes, you know, I like mean, carry them. Yeah, it's a whole. Yeah, it is its own thing for sure. They're always falling apart because you're hitting them. You know, <laughs> things need to be replaced quicker. You know, it's the whole situation. Yes. Uh, okay, so yeah, enough about that. So, but I think that it's and it's notable to me because, well, when you started playing the warmers, I, I was like, oh, I didn't even know you play guitar. And then it, you know, as it turns out, you know, I don't, you don't, and <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> explains why you had a very creative and unique approach to it. Because I think that can be interesting that people that don't have that training or whatnot and don't have somebody telling them, oh no, that's not how you do that. Like you can kind of come up with interesting stuff that maybe even like a more skilled player would not even think of doing. I would say that, that I had a, it was flattering to me, but it possibly wasn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, but Ted Leo was trying to figure out one of our songs and he, to me, he's one of the best musicians I've ever seen. He's awesome. Yeah. He's so you know, great. Uh, yeah. And I've, I've seen him learn like 37 Beatles songs in the weekend, you know, that he's like, oh, I've just got to quickly, you know, and, but there was, I don't remember what song it was, but there was something, he just was completely stumped in this warmer song and had to ask me. And I was like, oh, I just do this. I mean, I had to open tuning, which was mostly just to give me a break. Um, <laughs> but whatever sure, I was yeah. doing was not, it was not a, it was a sound that I, because for sure that was the only way that we composed, or I composed music with those people was I would, move my hand around on the neck until it sounded right. And I didn't, wasn't trying to make a chord. It just was finding this, this har- harmony that sounded right to me or not even if it was, whether it was harmonic or not, it was just the sound that sounded right in the thing. And then I just pl- played it over and over again until I remembered it. And right. um, 
and that was it. So none of it was uh, explainable. It was not mutually intelligible to anyone. Oh, it's a diminished ninth over a... No, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it may have been, but I would never know. <laughs> right. Well, and it reminds me of... I can't remember... Uh, I can't remember if it was Jay or Bill, but some from Jawbox was talking about like that some of their more weirder, interesting hooks are just that. Like, oh, this sounds neat. Check this out. You know? Oh, okay, that's a cool yeah. sound. Which explains what it's like. What? How did they... What? <laughs> What, I mean, what are I they know. doing? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, <laughs> little Sonic Youth. They had to have like, the, you know, that's why they had you know 120 guitars is because they yeah. there are certain songs that were not playable on any other instrument. You know, this one has like this many chopsticks and screwdrivers <laughs> in it, and well, that's the way it's gonna. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when their shit got stolen up there in Canada or wherever it was, and they're like, well, that we can't play that song anymore because I saw their first show after that. The, the first mm. the first show after oh, you're that kidding. wow and and uh it was and they were playing on like just whatever bands they were at I can't remember it this time but like they they were playing on borrowed guitars and they like just put together a totally different set and it was was it the best time I ever saw Sonic Youth no but like the way that they pulled it together yeah and like still sounded like them it was actually pretty admirable it was actually kind of amazing like that and they it actually was a pretty good set it just was Nobody was at a level of comfort with any part of it, as you might imagine. What you've like, yeah. played like for like decades on like the same stuff for you know, and like are uh, used it, to yeah having like oh this is the one all in F sharp and yeah again the, the, the drumsticks yeah. over here on this I, one all right. It was such a I can't imagine. I mean, I really that was such a horrible situation. And I guess it met. Those, Never got found. Yeah, those stupid thieves, like, they probably didn't even get that much money for them. So, like, this guitar's all screwed up. Why would I buy it? I know, yeah. <laughs> it's like all you. fucked up and screwdriver sticking out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me with this? Like, yeah, I, I can't. I, but nothing ever turned up, right? I mean, do you I, know anything? I don't think it did. There's been oh. other stories. Like, I know John Reese had his guitar stolen and it, he got it back. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever heard them getting it back. I think they got back, like, a couple. Mm-hmm. things like 13 years later or something like that like strikes in my mind let's see yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean... two guitars lost and yep yep uh yeah they've so they they got two of them back so they got they did get some of them back wow. real-time fact check um anyway having nothing to do with sonic youth and their <laughs> misfortune with criminals uh i i just and the reason i'm harping on is because for me it always seemed like you were uh coming from a place of being like you're a vocalist, you're a, a front man, like lyricist, like that. That was your thing. That was uh, that was your thing. So it was interesting to see you apply those principles as a musician uh, in a different way towards an instrument, specifically, kind of like to bring together a, a part of a greater whole uh, with that approach. And I think that the Warmers the... are an interesting band because of that, not just because of that. Thank but... you. Yeah. No, I, I, but thank you. That was. I'm glad. I mean, you're right. I think that we could have. Uh, we could have goofed by getting somebody in there, and it might have, you know, might have been good enough. But yeah, I just feel like it w- we would have had to work around them a little bit, and there would have been one more voice to, um, to I don't know. I just think that that was not. I- I'm just glad that we had the the nerve to. I mean, because it wasn't just me that was, you know, yeah. those guys had to go out on stage with a guy that didn't know how to play guitar every day. <laughs> you know, who wants to do that? You know, right, it's, right, um, but, but but I think. I d- that's never what it's about, you know. Honestly, we we've all uh, tried to just be creative in the place that we are, where we are. I, I mean, that's 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 been the, the standing uh, principle. And, and there there's a school of thought too that says that it's better to surround yourself with the right people 
that you you yeah. learn to play each other and and play with each other and and create as a unit rather than pick somebody on their musical ability that maybe just is the wrong kind of person for that collaboration too. Yeah, no, I do think that the chemistry comes first. I mean, it's it's uh, just been my you know observation that everything I do, it's even you know yeah. professionally and everything else. I mean, I don't care. I I do care that people are. It's fantastic when people are good at what they do, but. Uh, if I can't, you know, if we don't. If I can't get there with them uh, mentally, then then it's not worth it, and you know, it's not going to happen. And I guess the same thing for whoever I'm working with. I mean, it's a, it's, it has to be mutually uh, c- compatible. I think. Sure. So I, I think with, with a lot of folks, uh, hammered holes is either the first thing that they now know you from or just you know the first time that they've uh clued in on something you've done in a while so i want to talk about careening but can you just uh give me a short doesn't need to be long version of, of how you just how you got together with like mark and mary and how how, how did it come to pass like what what is the origin story for hammered holes well i mean it's sort of a i went over it a minute ago but essentially that that uh those two were playing and yeah then, that's it, really. Was that they? That, so you, they, so you told the story to a point, but how does it actually become Hammered Halls? Is what I'm driving at. All right. Well, uh, I'm trying to think of like the first. Like, how do you know? Like, is there a moment in a room or something where you just get together immediately and you just know? Okay, this is this is cool. This is working. I yeah, I think the first time we all really actually sat and practiced together, it was like this actually is great. <laughs> yeah, this is really fun. This is good and. Uh, and we had a good, you know. I think it's when you can be playing together and not um, feel uh, like you're outside of it. And I think that that was the the moment that we. And it was just an unknown. Uh, um, you know, we talked about it, and then we finally met. You know, Chris lives in in Philadelphia, so it, it's not easy to. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't rehearse all the time or whatever. Yeah, it's, and, yeah. and also everybody's got different, you know, they're moving around doing things all the time. Everybody's in all their own bands and moving. Um, so we, you know, took a little bit of scheduling and then we scheduled, you know, we, we began, to, uh, but we didn't really, we just had these ideas of songs and I think no lyrics yet. <clears throat> um, and, but it was, I think from the first time, then that was, it was like, this is a goer, you know, I, t- let's work on it. Um, and I think it's literally just trying to come up with the band name. That was the next thing. It's really and, hard to come up with a band name these days. Right. The yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta call it something, you know, and it's, um, uh, and we were just, throwing, I don't even know if we had any other options, but I did the actual hammered hulls idea does, it comes from the, the poem that got me that fellowship that I was telling you about. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. And it, and it's, it's very short poem i don't remember it anymore but it, um but it's i got it was in, the ins, inspiration for it was from a, a 1932 uh popular mechanics magazine that had instructions for a for a boy if, uh how to buy a boat like uh for your own water like your first watercraft that you're going to buy your own rowboat or sailboat um how do you do it and and gives you sort of instructions about how to te- check all these things. And one of the things that you do is the, the hull, uh, there's a, a, a 
piece called the garboard strake. It's like the strakes are these uh, the boards that make the hull. They're those warped things that you see that look so pretty in, oh, okay. in a front-on picture of a wooden wooden vessel. Um, and you and you tap them with a hammer or some other hard thing, and you uh, and if they if they have a good live sound, you're good. But if it hits, a, if you get a dead blow, then that thing is rotten. And you gotta. It's uh, gonna be more work involved in this, and so it's okay. All it's, right. But so the the. This is just the story about how to do it. But I began. I sort of applied it to like how to um do anything in life, you know, like you do, yeah. how, how to test anything in life, and but uh, I just said, what about uh, hammering hulls or something, you know, like I don't know, just thinking of things to say, and they're like perfect. That's it. So moving on. So there was, you know, like, there was, there was no like, yeah, wow, no. what a treat. Yeah, but also like, yeah, got a neighbor of the band. Good. That's all we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so. the, the worst is when it's you, you spend months shooting ideas back and forth, and somebody shoots and, it down. Somebody shoots yeah, it down, and I go, oh, this one's they, great. Uh, uh, yeah, or somebody already's got the you know, Prince's band is already called that, or whatever. Yeah. There's always something, some reason to not do something. Yeah, I was just glad that we said a thing that seemed to be everybody was fine with it, and that was the the least problematic part of everything. Um, yeah, that's, and, uh, that, that's fantastic. I mean, usually yeah. band name origin stories are not usually like the most interesting round to cover, but I, I do think anytime somebody finds a pretty good one, I'm always interested in like, how they came to it. <laughs> and so far, nobody's sued us. There is no other hammered hulls that yeah. I've come across. Uh, well, I will he... say I, I put a um, Google alert thing uh-huh. for that, uh, just in case, and I and I forgot all about it. And I don't get a lot for our band, but I do get. Apparently, there's a lot of people hitting each other with hammers in Hull, England. <laughs> there's been a number of hammer attacks. So, uh, wow! All did, right. Didn't expect that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, life is a surprise, isn't it? Um, yeah. But but it is <laughs> it is amazing because it's like it, it it's a title it's a band name that is like kind of immediately evocative, even though it it's doesn't have associations. I mean, maybe if you work with ships, maybe more it does, but like for the average music goer, it's going to have a different association and you can kind of imbue meaning into it, which is usually all you need for a band name anyway. Right. That's, that's where you go. I mean, that's what, if somebody can find something in there that they find um, uh, interesting or memorable, then we're on the right wavelength. Can you, before we go into a deep dive in Karini, can you tell me about the, the three songs self-titled that you did, uh, which seems like 100,000 years ago, but it was just 2019. It was pre-COVID. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can tell you. I mean, it's it, we just knocked it out, did it in a day, and um, and it was, uh, uh, yeah. I, I think we really wanted to make a record um, so we could get shows, you know, really, was, yeah. that's yeah. kind of the, anytime I've ever made a record, I, sp- I think that for me anyway, I consider them to be like an invitation to, to the show and not the other way around. We don't, I mean, some people, you know, you go on tour to, to promote the record or to sell the record. Um, but I'm a little more on the other end of it where I like the record to be the thing that makes people want to go to the shows and, it's a flyer. It's like, a flyer for can, the show, like what you says, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's the approach I take. 
And so we just wanted to um, get a record out, make a seven inch to you know to get some shows and 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 just bang it out quick and uh, and that's it. I mean, you know, it was uh, it, it went you know sold well and it was, um, but it wasn't like a huge response that I'm aware of. Uh, the album is getting a lot more attention, of course. Which is great, and and I that's I honestly just didn't want to give a short shrift to that little batch of three songs because I think it's good. But uh, yeah, of course, Kareening is the is the name of the record, and you know we talked about this beforehand. You can still back out of if you don't want to do it. But one thing I've I've been enjoying doing on this show is just kind of going through each of the songs on the record, and you know if you have any specific you know memories of recording it or uh, you know any anything that you like to disclose about like you know the song name um you know cool yeah. cool stories anything along those lines i think it, it's something that kind of gives a uh, a breath and vision to the record that maybe uh list that listeners can uh, kind of latch on to without necessarily giving away the store like let's say like, yeah you know, right? i appreciate that um so let's yeah let's let's see if you're still down for that let's uh let's yeah, go through let's it see what we can do yeah so, so uh first song is uh boilermaker's notch mm-hmm. yeah well I will tell you that the title uh, is a is a reference to a particular kind of hearing loss. Uh, really? your dad, you're talking about your father uh, with a jackhammer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, his form of hearing loss is called Boilermaker's Notch. It's a gap uh, in the middle of your hearing range, and it's people who work in it. When people made, you know, a boiler is a furnace, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people work in these factories, and it's loud, and it and it just destroys this uh, part of their hearing. So they hear things differently. You know, you can hear the lowest, and you can hear the higher, uh, but you can't hear the middle so well anymore. So you get things wrong, and you mishear um, lyrics and things that people say, and things get worse or maybe more interesting. I don't know. So that's what Boilermaker's Notch is. It's like a um, it has a more medical name, but that's a, a nickname for it. I can't remember what the actual term is. I have it. Uh, I also have uh, ringing in the ear, like t- t- tinnitus. tinnitus. Yeah, yeah, or tinnitus. I guess they pronounce it. Is that how um, you're supposed to say it? I've been saying it wrong my, my entire life. I, I, yeah, tinnitus is what people who seem to be medically inclined. Um, wow. Do they know that nobody says that? <laughs> I think that they say it because they know that. I think okay, they do right. it to make you feel dumb. Uh, <laughs> Probably. I, yeah. I think tinnitus is fine. I, I always feel like. Anything itis, you know, like yeah, it sounds you know, an like, affliction. It sounds like it sounds yeah, like yeah. right. It sounds better to say tinnitus, but I uh, when I talk to doctors, they say tinnitus. Yeah, that just sounds uh, like you're trying to be like a like a, a fancy British person in like a movie or something. Oh, tinnitus, right? Aluminium, <laughs> yes, precisely. Yeah, right. Um, but so so that's sort of what's happening in this song. A lot of this song is not. Uh, uh, it, it, it's talking about what it is to be. Um, uh, the age that I am, I suppose, yeah. and also the—I um, mean, it's just—it's really referential, but not—it's not, it's not uh, uh, st- strongly narrative, I guess. Um, and uh, and it does, you know, talk about hearing and about he- he- um, not just hearing, like as in, you know, the way that we when we understand something, we see it. You know, like I see this, I I see what you're saying. I means I understand it. But when you're hearing things, you also you you hear a thing and you imagine it and you finish this picture in your mind, and so when you have any kind of a, a just hearing things differently and uh, thinking differently, 
And that happens to us as we, uh, but not just from our hearing, but from our understanding. Um, and that's I, what's happening in this song is me, uh, or you know, thinking about things from from my vantage in this age. And some of what's happening is that I've lost, uh, I've sacrificed some of my physical. Uh, you know, I worked in nightclubs, and I and yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. Did all my shit, and I and I don't care. You know, I have no. Um, I don't mind. You know, like I, it was worth it. <laughs> right. You know, right, I don't yeah, feel. Yeah. I have no remorse. Um, uh, and I have more to give. You know, I'm ready to leave it on the floor. That's where I, you know. I, um, that's just recognizing these things, um, but also that uh, I do think differently and feel differently. So I mean that it's. I'm trying to look at the lyrics while I'm telling you all these things. Um, oh, I know. Also, in this beginning part, this idea of the center cannot hold is uh, that's really a um, it's a direct reference to like people. That, that's sort of a. Uh, um, I think. What is that? That's a. Uh, I know the reference, but I, I'm. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I'm. Mean, <laughs> I'm being very dumb. Yates, not not it's yeah, Yates. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's, it's, it's somebody it's I like Yates, too. Right, and uh, <laughs> and. It's, and that that poem is about the um, about end times, about the end of the world. Uh, you know, it's like a doom doomsday kind of uh, thing. And I just get and I just get irritated by people who uh, are scared and uh, existentially uh, unnerved. I just got frustrated by it. Yeah. And part of it is when for people that reach my you know this age, um, you know that I, you know are. Uh, they're afraid of mortality, uh, things that you know are sort of in, impending, I guess. Um, and then also the actual state of things. You know, this is written in this time where there's a lot of that going on now, where people are uh, in a con. You know, we're constantly being whipped up and told to be afraid of things. Yeah. Um, and that is one of those. Uh, the the point Yates's thing was written. Uh, alluding to world war one it was like the end like now that this has happened the worst this has been uh a war that's you know to, it's the the, the, war the world wars right <laughs> that's what right called it. and that <laughs> yeah where you know the world now it's all over like nothing yeah. now uh, uh evil is encroaching and um and it was really you know powerful i'm sure, of course but then people have been like harping on it ever since and it's just a um, and so it sounds really cool. That's why I hope it's in. I just realized it's not. I meant to put it in with quotations on it because I took it out of somebody else's work. Oh sure. The, the center cannot hold. Um, that's the one that's got that. That's got that great line. Uh, everyone, the, the like, was it the best lack? The the best lack all conviction while the worst of us are full of passion and intensity. I might be misquoting. Yes. That, but like that's such an evocative line. Right. Even and, if I'm misquoting. And, <laughs> right. Uh, um, so. It's, but it's only, uh, I mean, there are people who take the part that they want, obviously, you know, like yeah. Joan Didion borrowed from it. All these people use it as a, as a touchstone, like these, you know, phrases from there are so powerful, like you said. Um, but it's, I also am like going, I'm going back to the part, you know, where, where, where that thing came from. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm saying that uh, people have been saying that forever, you know, that, that the world is, <laughs> the end is right. nigh or whatever. <laughs> And right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, this is the just, end of memory, et cetera. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not going to serve you well. Like, let's just be where you are and keep 
uh, pushing. So it's, it's all, you know, a bit of that going on. Um, and I'm, and I think at least in the state of things politically in America at the time when, you know, I was, uh, writing that there was a lot of people that are, uh, trying to scare each other into doing really drastic things. Um, and uh and i just want people to i mean i would hope that people could find it within themselves to feel uh uh there is something there's a continuity and a stability that we have within within us if we can try to not rise to every um panicked uh uh you know warning and so these are all things that are happening that's all do do you feel that is it very easy for you to kind of be more present uh, or is it something that you have to put work towards? What in general, it, just in general, like uh, talking, speaking about. Yes, um, I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I could be more present by. Um, it's funny because I feel like I am more productive, and I and I work more, and I do things more than I ever used to. However, I stopped worrying about how much I'm doing and, and how much I need to do. And that seemed to uh, bring me up to speed with myself. And so I do feel more present, uh, uh, but uh, I haven't slowed. It's not like I'm calm, you know? Yeah. Present doesn't necessarily mean calm. Right. For, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> In my case, it does not. It does not mean that I'm like, uh, I am contemplative, but I'm not, um, which really means to be in your own time. Right. You know, when you, yeah contemplate yeah it's time uh so you're with it and i'm that but i'm not um i'm not you know meditating and, and calm i'm just even did you I think it's a uh, fewer flow or something like that sure sure and did you always did you, did you know that you wanted this to be the, the first song of the record uh when uh mark did mark i will say that mark really did um the pacing of the record is is mark he really thought about it uh, tune-wise, and he also wanted that line to be the first line, the f first thing you hear. Yeah, um, it's a kind of a statement of intent, almost yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. So it's it's a bolt. It's a I I think it's a very well sequenced record, which there's a lot of records that maybe the the sequencing they they sort of front load it because that's how you know people people choose to sample things these days and things along those lines. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, no, it's important uh, the pacing of a record, and it's. Um, and I don't really know how how it gets done now that people, you know, with, with you can just buy one song off of it and not listen to the rest of the so-called album. But yeah, <laughs> so-called album. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah, single called. single delivery system. Yeah, for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And the long long player, the LP. Yeah, they are. Some of them are very long playing. Not not as, not as much as in the nineties though. Uh, mm -hmm. So okay, so, awesome. Uh, so hardest road is the uh, is the next song. Yeah. What's that one about? Well, it's interesting. Um, that is really about uh, just trying to um, get back to normal after things have gone very poorly for, for a long time, and it's unknown uh, if you can ever... Uh, just be right just be normal just get back to good um yeah and so and that can but what's interesting is i've i've heard from so to, you know i'm saying the hardest road is 
it's just getting to the place where you're uh, safe and people uh, love you because sometimes we find ourselves unlovable and uh, uh, and or hard to love maybe um, yeah. so it's, it's hard to get there but I've also heard somebody thinking that they just didn't want to go back home that the hardest they they, oh. they were in a home mm. a home situation that they did not like and they did not want and every but they had to keep returning to it mm. and that was the hardest road was them to and I was like that's something I had not considered you know like and that's part of what you're talking of, about of like letting people in on the process right, right. So. sometimes people finish it for you yeah. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they're saying oh you know I don't huh. have a home that I want to get back to that's not the one I want and I was like that's fucking amazing yeah so huh. it's a short song but that's kind of that you know that was the, the idea behind it and then it's like it does it can be developed in other ways i suppose but yeah. yeah that's 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 again perf- perfect indicator of, of the uh, writing prompt uh ness of, of of it uh third up is bog people let's see here that's pretty straight that's just i mean it seems like it's mysterious or complicated and it's alluding to something it's just that i think that bog people are cool and neither of these well-preserved <laughs> people that they find in bogs at uh, yeah. the tannins have preserved them, and it's kind of miraculous the way that you know like, uh, religious uh, uh, you know people who who are sainted find out that they smell like roses and they've been perfectly preserved or whatever, um, but. There's also these other people that were victims of, of some kind of ritual sacrifice and thrown in a in a swamp, and the tannins have have preserved them so well that you know that the scientists can actually tell what they ate, and that seems to be really as, as interesting as anything else. I mean, there's just all this. Yeah. Uh, they're they're like uh, their own portals to a whole world that's just beyond our grasp a little bit, um, but they're right there and. And I think that one of the things that, um, and like it's this, it sounds mysterious, but the meteoric dagger is knives that were forged from pieces of meteor. You know, that this kind of metal that does not exist on Earth. It's a it come. It didn't come from the Earth. It came onto the Earth, and they knew enough back then that that was magical, and they were using them to. Uh, kill people which it seems uncool um yeah but um yes. you know i mean they con- must have had their reasons yeah con- conceptually <laughs> it's fantastic but not really yeah just good yeah know. i wouldn't want to be them um but uh it the thing i'd never quite got to because it was too too weird to figure out how to word it but i think i got really interested in these in this um topic when i was very little and there was in the Natural History Museum here in Washington, they had a whole room full of, of mummified people and and sure, of yeah. different ways. I mean, some of them were were uh, uh, mummified, you know, carefully. Uh, but then there was people that were it just happened accidentally. And there's a this there was one person that was uh, buried in the in a graveyard next to the Schuylkill River in Philadelphia in the 1700s, I guess, who there's a thing called, um, uh, I think it's called a 
dis, um, I can't think of the word now, but they call it grave wax. But it, you turn to soap. All the fat, fatty tissue in your body becomes a, a kind of a soap. And they had a guy that was that they found he like there was some sort of a collapse in the uh, in this graveyard, and this corpse came out that it was preserved because he had turned into this greasy kind of soap. And so they had him in the museum. Whoa. And it was just a nude man that was like yellow waxy material with socks on. And it was completely <laughs> shocking to me. That's horrible. And I was, yeah, I was obsessed with it kind of. So I love coming back and staring at this, wow. you know, human weird candle person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was the first like idea that I got to in my head about how, um, People don't always dis, you know, they don't always return to dust, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they can, but this is just a normal. This is not a special person. This was not a saint, and it wasn't a uh, nothing. The person was just a, a guy that was buried in a particular place and, and had just the right fat content that he's uh, lives forever. Uh, right, like in in a fashion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean. But all that's now off of you. You know they've that, that all, you know they've returned the uh, bodies of, of you know the things that were culturally insensitive. They've that that whole kind of weird nineteen uh, seventies. Uh, you know, I don't know what you like. I I guess it was really grim, but I was fascinated by it. I mean, it, it is very fascinating, but I I totally understand where you know people. Be like oh you know you should respect this person's remains and not yeah. make it something to point and laugh at or to even learn from okay. right. i get it you know and i get a lot of that is tied up with people's religion and even though i am not in any way personally religious i you know, try to be respectful of people's beliefs that way so it makes sense but of course it is still kind of cool to see <laughs> to see those kinds of things and you know it's I know. I mean, they. It's another. In some respects, it's gotten even weirder. I mean, I don't know if you've yeah. seen those. Uh, there was a traveling exhibition. There was a German company that did it, but it was. I think they were all Chinese prisoners, whose bodies were. Uh, I don't think they were donated to science. I think they were just taken. Um, right. But it's called like. Um, I think it's just called bodies. Yeah, yeah, I and did see that. Animals. Yeah, where they and they have them like like uh, uh right. it's like a They plasticize them. They figured yeah. out this technique of like of of uh putting, you know, it's a plasticine kind of material that goes into all their um capillaries or whatever and then you could cut them into these thin slices. And I just could not I mean we had there was a bus ads, you know, uh, you know, I was driving behind a, a metro bus and it had this human body flayed into like you know into a million pieces and people pay money to see it. And I was like, this family is fun. really yeah. <laughs> absolutely bonkers. Like we really have gone it's pretty macabre. Know. Yeah, but right. And I don't think that as I say, it's really it's kinda like grave robbery to me, you know, like where they I mean these yeah. these people that you know we're looking at, you can't tell because their their skin is peeled and we have no idea who they might be, but I, I maybe they I, I doubt that they thought that that's what was going to happen. To yeah, maybe remains. when they said they were, you know, let's charitably say maybe they thought they were donating their body to science. That probably wasn't what they had envisioned, being no. sliced up like a geode and put on display, you know. And sent all over the, um, you know, all <laughs> over the world in these weird. Yeah. But that's the new version, I guess. So. 
Which again, I you know it, I, that is one of the first things I think of too when I saw that. But I, but I was also like, whoa! How did then I was like, how did they do that? And then it's like, okay, that's interesting too. But it is cool to see like an, like you know they call it an exploded drawing, right? When they have like you're putting mm-hmm. together like a, a device or something, and they have all the different parts. It's like the exploded drawing of uh, of a human being. Yeah, the anatomy. Yeah, oh, it's incredible. I mean, I used to work in a pathology lab actually, in the in the '80s. I worked at GW. And they and they were, they had isolated uh, you know all different kinds of arterial systems all yeah. these things that they could pull out and and just have them uh, oh I, I mean I learned I, I got a lot of material for for poetry out of that if you can believe it <laughs> I can totally believe it yeah of course <laughs> it was really really interesting I mean it's, it was uh, it was spectacular uh, to think about you know and I was also seeing things that most people don't get to see and i even had i had a pretty serious motorcycle accident while i was working there and um and had to and i ended up going to this emergency room in the hospital where i worked and uh, my my colleagues were able to look into my guts you know like to, yeah. while i was being operated on <laughs> and sure, that's kind yeah. of cool you know like it's sort of like a and i had my own sort of body modification that's not exactly what other people do, but um, but yeah, there was it was interesting, and and the, and uh, but one of the things we had in the in the pathology department was a whole uh, floor of of anomaly, medical anomalies and uh, inter- what they call interesting cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, those are the best kind of examples for learning, right? Is, is the, right. You know, it's like check this out. Well, that's not probably right. how they characterize it, but <laughs> maybe right. they do. I don't know. I wasn't in the room. Uh, Awesome. So uh, next up on the record is Pilot Light. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, again, really just uh, thinking about uh, when I was young, we used to rent uh, Super 8 films oh, yeah. from a, a camera store near my house, and um, and they had a rack of these Super 8 films, that uh, and, and they're just – but they were – Old movies, I mean, the, uh, um, you know, they're pre, pre-made movies, and they would just isolate. I don't know, like twenty minutes out of it. It wasn't really even the complete film, but uh, there was. I really enjoyed watching old uh, army movies. I think like the Bridge Over Tokori and things like that, where they had actual footage from that was shot during World War II of uh, airplanes. I mean, uh, sh- shooting like having um, air. Aerial uh, dogfights and oh, cool! Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And when they sh- are shooting, uh, it just looked cool. You know, looked cool in the films. And I also used to really enjoy uh, just watching these kinds of mo- movies anywhere. And um, and there's something about people uh, smoking cigarettes in the movie theater that reminded me of the tracer bullets of you know that you see. So they're yeah they're shooting, and every like I think every tenth bullet or every hundredth bullet or something i don't know is a tracer bullet so they can walk fire so they can see where they're shooting so these things are these embers that are flying through the air and uh and i just somehow married the two things uh, it's looking at people in a movie theater uh watching a film and uh that's all it is you know just a, a evocative idea there's something very interesting about the whole super eight thing too and the fact that there's uh, like 
it's not pristine like like you know 70 millimeter versus like super 8 like there there's like the degradation it's it's not perfect in the same way that like you know if you listen to a lossless music file versus listening to especially a rock band on vinyl objectively the audio is not as quote unquote good or pristine but there's something about the experience of it and the compression that like uh, in that same way, like super eight, that it's it's mm-hmm. there's something ro- almost romantic about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's human scale or intimate or something. It brings it back down to a different, yeah, a uh, little slightly more. Um, it's got the uh, I don't know, not fingerprints on it, but you can feel it uh, being worked. And and for, you know, super eight. If you're going to be watching super eight, you're in the room with the machine. You know, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, that's something exactly. else like you yeah, hear yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the you hear it going and, uh, it's it's doing the machine the, yeah. it's worrying around yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so all that's happening and you're and uh and even some of what the lyrics are about there's similar like uh you know these there's the irons you know there's a sight on a on a gun but it's also a little bit like the um the way that the projector works uh and yeah I don't know if you've ever worked in a movie theater. I used to work in a movie theater that that uh, we had old-fashioned projectors, and they actually had a, a it's a it's a uh, oh my god a carbon arc uh, lamp. It's like a so you it's lit. You know, it's like making it's burning out, and you have to dial this thing up. And um, and you have like I think there was three different projectors. So you had the uh, the, right, the yeah. movies would come in all these can you know big reels of film. Yeah. And the projectionist has to watch when he gets towards the end of the reel. This little thing, this little code, comes up in the um, top of the screen that's not really t- t- noticeable by people watching it, but it's telling him like, "Oh, get ready." Reels uh, gonna change, yeah. Cueing <laughs> this reel, and then yeah. you move over to the other one, and and you and move it along. Um, but it's yeah, it's something like that. I mean, it's a, all those things were, were just kind of went through my head while I was thinking about it. Um, but the, what I really was, you know, first thing I thought of when I started writing, it was about this, these, you know, watching these super eights. We had a super eight projector in my house when I was a kid and we would, uh, and my brother made a lot of his own movies. He made narrative, you know, cop cops and not, not really cops and robbers, but just cool ass movies that we would yeah. do. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but then we would also get the, we'd rent and buy these, uh, things that were ready-made uh uh movies and that's and i that's all it is not gone is the next one hmm. yeah. well i mean there's the um like the guy that turned to soap uh, you know he's not gone. Um, <laughs> I suppose he isn't. Yeah. <laughs> in a in a carnal way, you know, like he's he's yeah. the, he's here on Earth with us, uh, but all these other people they they're gone, but they're not gone. Um, and uh, it's just a uh, sort of a reassuring thought to to know that uh, if you have an imagination, um, then anybody you ever need to be uh, still with it, you can be. And that's that's kind of it, you know. There's this idea of uh, there's just so many people in this world in our lives that um, they come and they go, but they can they can stay with us too. Yeah, I thought about that a lot lately. I've 
like you know not making me unique in any way but i've lost people in my life the past couple of years including a couple of bandmates uh, one of which is oh. i characterized as a uh, closer to my brother than my actual brother and uh, i've often found myself being like oh wonder, wonder, wonder what he would think of this or, or like i could imagine what the reaction would be and kind of hear the voice in my head and it's just yeah. it's crazy it's crazy to think about to have someone be gone but like yeah not gone right we need them uh yeah. and they don't they're not gone necessarily but they but they can't be here you know they can't yeah. unless depending on you know depending maybe they could be in a bog somewhere and preserved but still <laughs> as we established uh, earlier yes <laughs> yeah or if you get those german guys to put the plasticine you know <laughs> it's still to her. <laughs> don't, don't think that that's the same uh they actually become, as you can imagine, I mean, as you are experiencing now in your own uh, transition with these people, that they also become more than they were, you know? Yeah. They, they're, they're freed of a lot of things that kept them, you know, uh, easy to identify or easy, you know, that, uh, and now that it's, it's a different thing. And, and um, so that's, that's sort of, uh, you know, without getting too elaborate, but. I get it. That's and that's that's heavy, but it's uh, you know I think that's a. It's real. It's, I mean, it's just what it's we're, reels you against. Know. Yeah. Uh, rights and reproduction. That's a uh, one of my favorites of the record, by the way. Uh, Thank you. Really like that's that. One. A, yeah. Uh, it's funny that just that that phrase. You know, there's a person that works. I, I mean, I work at a museum, an art museum. As a person in our registrar's office, and that's one of their responsibilities is uh, the rights and reproductions of artwork. Of artwork, yeah, of course, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. And I heard that, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" You know, because I thought it had to do with like reproductive rights. That's you know, first thing I and, thought uh, of as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it could could be, but it's uh, what are the reproductive rights? You know what I'm saying? Like, whose right is it? Uh, whose permission do we need? Um, and I was also surprised at how many things in our art museum that we own, paintings by, let's say, Vincent Van Gogh, yeah, uh, yeah. that we cannot reproduce without somebody else's permission because we own the painting, but we don't own the rights. <laughs> you don't own the rights. rights to it. Oh, wow. So you, okay. That, wow. So we have to get permission, right. So and, somebody you know, else Duncan holds Phillips. that and you have to like get like written permission. Oh, wow. Huh. I never right. thought about that. So, okay. And uh, so it's just a... A thing it's just interesting you know <laughs> um but that was one of the things and then also just sort of that there it's it's such a uh it's like a weird little thing to have in a in a uh, office uh setting is a person who's in charge of things like that um and then what is it to work in an, in the, this sort of an office corporate like a you know when they say corporation that's like a body right you know it's like a corpus and uh and you're a part of this thing um and it's just uh this weird frustration of like being an individual you know having a uh your own um self but you also are trying to like work within these uh systems that are sometimes diabolical and um and uh, so it's just kind of addressing all those things, but then uh, expanding it even further into what uh, people are, uh, what, what we have to put up with uh, 
in our entire existence, you know, because uh, like our yeah our government and our um, our not just government, like our society, like our thing. Yeah. That that is um, that, that that's a form of governance. You know, society is a thing that uh, you know it's not, it's not just rules that are on a on paper. It's also uh, these things that keep you in line that, that are lanes and and um, and inside of that you still need to have uh, your own de- decision making um, to to work it and it's a social and, compact but there's also it requires a certain degree of buy-in as well right yeah and it's and if you're doing it right it's always a pain it's always a it's, if yeah. you're doing it right it's always complicated you know there's always uh, you 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 take it too far and then you get pushed down and you, but we'll always be keep doing. I mean, it's not good if you if you don't feel it. You know, this that one's got the um, the, the way it develops in the <laughs> I guess like the third act. If it was a movie, I would call it. Where is it? It's, it's mm-hmm. a kind of repeated dun, 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 like sort of repeated yeah. figure where it's going. Uh, that's a really really good like tension and release kind of. Uh, kind of builder. I, I have not had the pleasure of seeing you guys live yet, but I can imagine that being a very satisfying. That's uh, also really where I, mean, I was telling you about how I do the lyrics is I hear the music and I see the words inside of it. Yeah, and that's yeah. the part. Yeah. That's the part that I heard uh, the syllables going along the, the thing, you know, like if yeah, I yeah. heard, I, we can walk around now yeah. and it fit for do, 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 do. And then uh, we don't need permission now. It, these things were like handed to me, and then I just built the song around, around it after yeah, that. Yeah. What is this song about? Nice. I, I mean, then I figured out what it was about after that. Um, but it was that part that. So again, I mean, I think that that was. It'd be similar, maybe, to to how the warmers thing, not putting the guitar, not having a guitar, like. Like if I tried to sing all over that thing, you know that part yeah, you're talking be terrible. about. Yeah. <laughs> right. If I stepped on it or whatever, you know, like but finding the hearing that thing and then having it tell me what what to say. Yeah. Uh it, well, it seems more measured too. Like it 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 gives more weight and depth to what is being said. Rather yeah. than if you're just like right. bop, 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 you know. <laughs> sort of right. machine gun yeah. it, if you will. Yeah. I think so. I mean, and it so so yeah, that's a really I like that part of that song. Needlepoint Tiger. I would say that's probably the most poety po- po- poem poemish <laughs> song we have. Uh, is, is poemish a word? Poem? No, <laughs> poem, I don't think so. Po- poem like? I'll look it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like Poimish would be a character uh, in like uh, like an Irish yeah, novel the Hobbit. or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. Po- Poimish. No, that's yeah, a set of yeah. words arranged with intent of short repetition, lyrical structure, and enjoyment of the presented language in a small defined space. <laughs> Damn. All right. Got it. Nailed it. Yeah. So, so. Uh, Thank goodness for the internet. Needlepoint Tiger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that that again was written uh, in the. Uh, might have been the first song we wrote. It might be. I don't know. Um, but it really was uh, looking at a, uh, an actual needlepoint of a tiger, but thinking about it in terms of um, uh, all the people that get um, uh, tattooed amulets of of uh, cr- creatures. You know, things that amulets. Uh, 
and and ah. uh, mm. so so like I there a long time ago I read about these uh, um, I think they're Vietnamese monks they're Buddhist monks who would get tattoos of of protection animals but they'd have it done in um, in they'd have like their their master or whatever their their uh, teacher do these tattoos and use uh, uh, sesame oil so it's invisible so there's two people that know oh. there's the, the person who wears the the tattoo and the person who installed the tattoo um, so they have the experience a, of doing it and they have the importance of putting something on your body but so they're protected they yeah, have the amulet yeah, yeah, they know okay. they yeah. and nobody else needs to know yeah. it's not so this that was like the lead off like just this idea of of what a needlepoint tiger might be. Um, it, the pun is that it's, you know, a embroidery. And actually the, the one that's on the record, we are, we have a friend who's an artist who does, who makes these embroidery things. And we commissioned that piece particularly to, for this song. It didn't exist before. Um, I mean, I had seen one on, you know, a, an old one from the seventies. And I saw that made me you know, think of this idea, but, um, anyway, so that that so then it's just words. After that, uh, they're just uh, each thing is leading to the next thing, yeah. And uh, and it's just sort of following the um, the idea. And um, and so a lot, of, you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's not really there's not a story to tell. Um, I'm trying to think of any other parts of there. Yeah, no, they're they're really it's just thinking while it, we're playing music and. These are phrases that were coming yeah. one after the other. Not everything so needs to be not... James Joyce. It's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah it's, it could it's, be. Maybe it's, it's somebody else, but it's not James Joyce. Yeah. Right. No, that's 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 cool. I, I, I like that. I don't think I've ever heard of that concept of the. I mean, I, I've heard of, uh, you know, like protection, uh, arcane things, and, and so on and so on. Specifically, the invisible tattoo. I don't think I've heard of that specifically. So that's mm-hmm. that's fascinating. I have one. That's great. Can you see it? I I can. What what is uh what is it? What no, you, you cannot because it's invisible. It's invisible. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> it's in the arm. <laughs> I can tell you what it is. It's a comet. This is where and the podcast listeners are like, what are they talking about? But yeah, it's yeah. Oh, yeah. Alex it's showed me his my... arm and his invisible tattoo. <laughs> On my forearm, I have a, a tattoo that that Daniel Higgs put on in 1987. Oh, nice. nice. Right, but you cannot see it. And it's and it was inspired by these Vietnamese monks. I love that. That's that's great. I actually I actually almost invoked <laughs> lungfish earlier. <laughs> right. We well, something else. that's part of you're not far off or we're not far off. Um but yeah. No, the the comet actually glows in the dark. It's a material that's Really? Not meant to that be. wow. Is that It's not yeah, no, it's not advised. <laughs> <laughs> don't, kids, don't try this at home. Right, don't even try it anywhere. We found out after like years of, uh, you know, I, he, we did the major part of it yeah. in Baltimore, and then had this idea that uh, that you know the way that this uh, comet goes around the sun that you know on the anniversary I would put a little more because the. Comets get longer when they pass the sun. They, yeah, yeah, the tails. Um, yeah, right, yeah. pieces break off and trail behind, and the hair gets longer and so forth. Um, 
and it's you know it's one of those overwrought tattoo ideas that people get when you like <laughs> you know you're so yeah. enamored of the thing i will say it was this is the night you know mid 80s so it was uh not as there weren't tattooing wasn't as uh commonplace there, there wasn't um, television shows about it where no yeah. <laughs> yeah it's really it's pretty strange how where it all went um but anyway i so i had a fair amount of this material we we thought it was an awesome idea and the stuff was meant to be you mix it with paint uh and wow. we mixed it with glycerin instead and it went in there and it stayed in there um it still glows i mean i'll tell you that um but then we talked to a much more uh uh, accomplished tattooer who'd been doing it for a lot longer, and uh-huh. and he was like, "Oh, I would, I would not use that. I would not put that in my body." And <laughs> Dan and I were like, "Oh, um, all right, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we wouldn't me either." neither. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Too late. But like, oh, yeah. I didn't die. Who would do that? So. Who, man, no, nobody sane would do that. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, Staggering genius is the next one. Uh, that's sort of about a, um, uh, just a, a person that, um, was really brilliant, um, and, uh, and just that sort of a, you know, it's a trope, I guess, of people that are, um, that can be amazing and, uh, brilliant, but also, uh, they have this, they're tied to this really, uh, uh I don't know if it's self-destructive, but, um. Anyway, it's it's hard for them to uh, keep it all together, um, yeah. and uh, and watching somebody like that, um, you know, follow that that train wreck, and um, and it's it's a drag, but it's sometimes that's just people's uh, that's their trajectory, and uh, um, so that's all. Abstract City. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was nearly abstract in its in its idea. Um, but it's really... Uh, 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 talking about art, visual art, and, um, and making things, and then um, uh, particularly, like... Well, just p- painting and painting over things and sometimes when you paint over them um you are uh, underneath that first painting is the one that really is uh has a special power but it's un- it's unseen um mm. but it still seems to telegraph um and uh and I'm just grateful that people make art <laughs> it is nice right <laughs> It's, mm-hmm. it's it's easy to take for granted, but yeah, yeah that it, it is. Well, nice. it's it's hard work, but it's it's um, or it can be really hard work. Um, and it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking at these lyrics again, just trying to see if there's a part that um needs to be further that might be interesting to be understood. But um, you know, yeah, I don't think I want to elaborate other than I, I mean I will say that some some of these things are really about um uh in specific uh a, a kind of Japanese art called uh ukoi, I think is how you pronounce mm. it and it and it means floating world and it was really it's like a a bohemian era 
in in like 19th century Japanese art, um, and uh, and they and so I and it really changed me when I began to look at that kind of artwork, like uh, Hokusai and Hiroshige, and uh, uh, they have it's it's not their stuff is not particularly abstract, but it's a lot of it's very out there and um, but it it's, it was um, it's a kind of a lifestyle that is is you know amoral I guess in a lot of ways but um, but they really just were great great uh, artists and and really prolific and uh, so those are the kinds of things I was looking at but then I also talk about other kinds of art that's yeah 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 well just like as like the thing would oh so and so's lyrics are so good they're almost poetry it's like well no but they're they're lyrics and that also is art in and of itself as well mm. uh, later on there's, there's different types and styles of art and i'm not familiar with that uh with, with that style I'll have, to, I'll have to look into that that sounds interesting to me yeah well just look at hokusai and you if, you'll never have to look at another artist in your whole life if you the guy just was so amazing like so prolific and so anyway is that the look up is that the artist that uh like there's the, the great like wave the, the great wave, wave yes of, yes i know who you're talking about yes yeah, yes the great wave off of kanaga which which is one of ah so it's great. one scene out of a series i mean there's all okay, it's a cool. whole from a series but that's the thing that's very that's i think is considered to be the most viewed image in the world really or wow. the most most often reproduced or some yeah, something yeah, I mean, like that everybody's seen it yeah i mean it makes sense yeah right? yeah so that one thing but but his just a, a lot of his stuff is just i mean all of his animal he just because he would um he just worked all day every day and and his name uh hokusai is like um he had a, a series of names so he would change his name through his life uh but the last one hokusai means old man mad about painting <laughs> and he's like he's like <laughs> i'm now 80 awesome. <laughs> and this is all i want to do yeah um i feel like i finally now that i'm 80 i feel like i'm just finally beginning to get started yeah and when i'm 100 that's when that, that, i will be that'll be the sweet spot ready to start you know like it, <laughs> right exactly uh, <laughs> and that's awesome you know that's the guy that you want to listen yeah. to yeah, uh, yeah. and and i've seen some of his it was in in uh tokyo a while back and they had a um exhibition of his of his just his sketchbooks and he would draw all day he would spend hours and hours just drawing cows he had a whole notebook just filled with <laughs> really little cows yeah cows eating this cow standing over here cow on a bridge cow yeah. next to a tree uh he would just draw all the time he, like it was just like this incredible uh i just the output's amazing, so um, just insp an inspiring uh, person. But that's that. He's the. I would say he's not. He's not a progenitor, but he's a, a major figure in that kind of artwork. But there's a lot. There's a lot of people to look at. Sounding the sea. Speaking of waves. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a pun. A lot of the. I would say. I don't know what percentage, but a lot of the words in our songs are uh, have at least three meanings, um, including careening, including the, the name of the album, um, which is a great album title, by the way. Like I thank I, you, and one of the reasons, yeah, I I, I I liked it for a lot of reasons, but I think it's a very evocative. 
and uh, underutilized word. Mm-hmm. I think so, but it's also uh, a lot of people don't know that it's you know since we're talking about this sort of sounding the sea, um, but careening is also a, a, a it's a way of fixing a, a hull on a ship. Yeah. It's um, it's instead of dry docking it and raising it up out of the water, you take it ashore and you let the tide go out and let the the ship will lie on its side and then people can repair the, they can do, the make hull. repairs yeah yeah right and so that's careening and a lot of that's a, a word that some people aren't aware of that's all um um and i like that you know that, as much as anything else so um but yeah the sounding the sea is uh you know it's this it's the uh, it's the Long Island Sound, you know. It's like um, and sound waves and um, and watching uh, 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 well, watching my brother and his son um, bathe, like walking into the sound, hmm. and uh, and that was just like a a moment. And I like I have to put that in my in my somewhere back in my mind. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, and that, so I wrote from that, but really the rest of the song is not necessarily about that. Um, but it was just the idea of sound and sound waves and then uh, uh, sounding the sea. Like when you're uh, measuring the depth of the sea, it's you use a, a sounding it's, device. It's, 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 that's what, literally what sonar is, yeah. <laughs> Correct. But even before sonar, they had a, a plumb line. They had a, yep. a, is a, a string that is how you mark fathoms um and they have different colors of string that they are tied together so you put your lead weight and you put it down and and it and you get to such and such a color then you know it's this many fathoms um and then fathoming is to understand a thing um when you fathom something uh another uh, double meaning there yeah (laughs) right and um, unit of measurement and a a unit of understanding (laughs) right and uh, yeah which is to all that we're doing any any time is trying to understand what what's where we are and what's happening i guess um so you're you know that that's what's happening um and uh yeah that's really it it was just it's sort of navigating life i guess you know if you will written word that's the words it's about all the words <laughs> Um, you know, about that's the idea of what it is to write these songs. Um, and, uh, thinking about words on a page and that's what these birds are, um, that are there like these black birds that are in the sky, but, uh, they, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen when, uh, starlings are, are murmuring. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that to me would be like, almost like when I, I'm really interested in a book or in a uh, something that I'm reading. I see those the things on the page are like they're coalescing into this. Uh, I just ex- get excited, and uh, and then within it, there's going to be all this. Um, uh, it, it just is more revealed as you go further into this cloud of of words and letters, um, and then the idea of. Um, uh, why the written word i mean t- sometimes i think the written word is a disaster you know 
it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because people think it's the truth. Yeah. You know, that's all it takes is to see it instead of handwritten. Yeah. But like uh, a character, and that the word character comes from this word for for uh, for striking something. It's like it's carved. You know, like it's um. I mean, literally, that's why people have character. You know, like it's they're it's striking, and uh, so so when it's just this, I don't know what you call this. It's a, a feeling that people have whenever they see a book or anything that's written. They think it's got to be true because it's mm-hmm. been uh, it's not you know necessarily carved in stone, but it's been and it's just led us into such disasters because we have these false books that last forever uh, and people refer to them as if it's the, that's the, you know, and really it all, it's kind of like the uh, idea of, of the dictionary to begin with, where there was a living language that was changing and, and then they defined it, you know, that literally made the end of the living, this was a living word. Yeah. And now it's, uh, it's the finish. It's fixed in time. Right. Defined. And uh, so, so it's it's complicated, but um. Well, just like you look at the King James Bible, right? Like, oh, I think what God meant to say was dot dot dot. Yeah. So, isn't this meant to be the literal word of God by your understanding of religion? Why would you change? It? But we all, all right. know, we all know well, why. I mean, I don't need to. It's, even the yeah, the, I mean, it's a it's that is a big. You know, you picked the hottest potato of all, right? Uh, yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> and the <laughs> word Bible just means book, right? I mean, right. It's just the book. Yeah. Um, and but it was before that it was uh, for eight hundred years it was in the mouths of people. It was it was, it was spoken word. It was it was, it was uh, carried, and yep. then they made it into these the Pentateuch yeah. or whatever. The, bunch of the, bunch the, of the stories Bible. about this guy's friends. Uh, you know, the, the like he's <laughs> right. And then it wasn't really you know until the Gutenberg Bible that it was really um, you know yeah made into and and then broadly dis, uh, distributed. And that's really the main thing that it did uh, is that it got everywhere and people could then be in mass mind, you know, right. like, uh, about it. Um, but we, people have been fighting about it ever since. And so that's, that's not good. Yeah. Thank but, you. Uh, Thank you, God, for your healing power of religion, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, it's <laughs> don't even watch yourself. You I, know, know, like, I know, I know, I know. Somebody's going to come blow up your basement stop. studio. It's, I know. It's, I'm, I'm poking the bear. Uh, right. Uh, and th- so then, so that's written word, and then of course the the bombastic closer uh, mission statement. No, oh. well, that was uh, that was just about. I mean, it's it's sort of like uh, trying to get that record out, basically trying to make this screening <laughs> record. Um, sure, yeah. And I was, it was, it you know, this would be an example of of trying to do a thing and I could barely, I personally was, you know, uh, at that time, uh, things were, a lot was being taken from me and I was giving the best of me. Um, but I was glad to be, uh, doing it. And then also there's always more. Um, and, uh, that's sort of the idea. I mean, it's just thinking about being, uh, when you feel like you really, when there's nothing more to give, uh, you, there are, there can, there always can be, and I, I think that's all I was uh, trying to get to was uh, reassuring myself that uh, there's always more, and uh, I'll just make some more. If I if I'm running out, I'll make some more, and 
I think that's about it. And um, it doesn't the the title doesn't really match with the idea necessarily, other than right. to, um, just to say that that's you know it's a strong title, a strong song title at least. You know, wanna... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's got a yeah. Of course, being I was, I was being somewhat facetious when I said like you know, bombastic. It's a oh yeah. You know, it, it it's a it's a lullaby it's, almost. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it. It, it, it's an interesting way to close the record. I think the sequencing of it works perfectly, though, because I think you've had, like, you know, it, it's... Again, it's not overburdened with a bunch of things that are the same tempo next to each other that could start sound samey and stuff like that. Again, really great job with the, with the record in general, but the sequencing especially, like, I just I just feel like it's a lost art. And um, uh, I think it... it, it the, the shine theory is an effect for all the different songs. In a mm. way, they work very well together. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Thank you, thank you for the, <laughs> saying that. <laughs> let, well, me let me tell you more about your record. Is great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, <laughs> I appreciate that you that it it was successful. I think. I mean, that was well. It was it was well considered, and yeah. and uh, and I'm glad that it was effective. But we all know consideration and effort don't always equal results, and. No, no. Sometimes it falls flat. Sometimes you miss the mark. Sometimes yep. people aren't thinking that way. Sometimes technology uh, is not there for it. But uh, if that w if it worked, then I'm glad. So careening is uh, the Hammered Hulls record. Uh, folks can get it through Discord. Uh, there's uh, the what hammeredholes.bandcamp.com as well. Um, Oh, uh, the artwork. What was the what was the cover idea? Because it's a is, is it is it an actual painting or is it like a composite uh, photo and painting? It's kind of hard to tell. I don't have the the LP. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that's a good question. Well, the front picture obviously is a photograph by our yeah, friend yeah, yeah. Chris Grady, and uh, let's just I, so, the the take a walk. Backside has a uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just gonna yeah, no, do this, this so we this, can. This, this, it's this, not a painting. This, this is. An assemblage, this is oh, an assemblage of things, oh, and uh, uh, including this. Uh, uh, these are things. Not the ship. The ship in the bottle was sort of a, um, you know, it's a reference to things in the record. But it's, uh -huh. um, but everything else is they're like things that uh, people have made that are friends of ours or um, gifts, or I mean, I'm not gonna. For some reason, I don't feel like telling everybody. You don't what... need to individually shout each one out. No, I just think it's right. an interesting. Uh... I can tell you that the brick came from the old 930 Club. Oh, nice. That, uh, you know, where I worked and where a lot of bands played and things happened and I saw some amazing music. That little can in the back is actually a, a lens for a movie projector. For an... Oh, cool. It's, yeah, it's a, like a Zeiss. It's a piece of huge ground glass. It weighs yeah. about three pounds. Um and then our friend Renata Ocampo made that that uh, tiger, and uh, the other things were these. Uh, they're they're gifts from friends and family and things. And I basically it was an idea that that uh, I was going to just fill the whole back with with things like that, but we ended up it, it didn't read very well, so we just isolated those objects and took the, a picture of it. Yeah, My wife took good. took that picture. Yeah, it's it's a uh... Did, but they're not nothing. Yeah, they're, there's they're, a clearly intent and meaning behind them, even if it's meant to be, you know, divined by whoever the the viewer is, for sure. Yeah, each thing is a thing, and uh, and they're important. 
Alec, this has been fantastic. Uh, thanks so much for doing it, man. Thanks for spending so much time with me and going into depth in this. Um, I think it's a great record. I think if people don't already Thank know you. it, they should check it out. If people have checked it out, then they know that it, that it is great. I'll put links to it in the show notes, all that good stuff. Uh, last thing, this is the only can question that I ever ask, and you may choose to interpret it however you like, but why do you do what you do? Hmm. Uh I only because I can't I, I I can't not do it. Do you understand? Yeah, I do what I do because it just keeps coming and uh uh, uh that's really it. It was it's, it's I don't I don't know what where it's taking me but uh I can't not do it so I'll tell you when I get there. Love it. Alkin Kai man, thank you so much for coming on. Don't be a stranger. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, brother. Take care. All right. Bye. And there he goes. Alkin Kai. That was awesome. Hammered holes. Let's hear let's hear uh let's hear a song from the record to go out on. Uh great record, by the way. Uh spoiler alert, it's gonna be in the best of episode when I do that, I think, next week. Um but yeah, go ahead, hammeredholes.bandcamp.com. Uh, Discord records. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, go get that stuff. And of course, well, I'll, I'll get to the rest of it when we get back. Uh, this is Rats and Reproduction. Control the view. Right reproductions, cultural expectations, allow certain ideas to make their way through. Proper disposal of office machines. 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 Permission questions.
All right. There you go. There you go, indeed. That is uh, off of Careening by Hammered Holes. That's Rights and Reproduction. One of my favorite tunes on that record. Ripper Record. Uh, no weak links. Really glad we got to go in depth with that. I really appreciate Alec taking so much time with me and uh, giving a interesting viewpoint into his world, pretty much. Hey, so, uh, yeah, hammeredhulls.bandcamp.com, discord.com, go to your local record store, uh, yeah. The name of the show is Code Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you so very much for listening to it. This show airs Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific, right here, greaternope.com. YouTube, Twitch, etc., etc., and all the places. This show's always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. But if you like the show and want to get episodes sooner and want to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash Reversal for $1 a month. That will achieve that very achievable goal. Thanks to everyone for... Sharing the episodes around. 
uh, posting reviews, all that good stuff. That's uh, all that helps beat the almighty algorithm. It's just a nice thing to do. Uh, liking, subscribing, all the different various things. Yeah, it feels weird to ask for reviews, but uh, yeah, that helps people find it. So there you go. A bunch of good stuff coming up. Uh, best of 2022 episode, I think, is going to be next. And uh, it's a couple, couple other cool things coming up for the end of the year. So uh, stay tuned to it. Thank you, as always, everyone, for listening, watching, etc. Stay safe out there. Check you later. Route 128, dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now?
it really broadcasting if there's no one there to receive? It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. This is a real gun!